Welcome to Fig Tree Watchers. Tonight we're in 1 Samuel again, and we're going to ask the question, are you ready to face your Goliath? That's right, it's David versus the seed of Satan. Tonight on the West Coast Gospel Hour, so stay tuned and invite a friend. Welcome everyone to the West Coast Gospel Hour. Tell a friend, call your mom, share it with uh, grandma, tell your sister, your little brother, and your friend down the street, you know, the one with the pigtails. That's right, because it is the West Coast Gospel Hour here on Fig Tree Watchers, and tonight we're talking David versus Goliath, or David versus the seed of Satan. It's going to be a great night and a great discussion, as always, so invite a friend. And if you're new to Fig Tree Watchers, we want to remind you that you can listen to the replay of this broadcast, and uh, you can uh, uh, also pick it up on podcast form. Uh, uh, Tomorrow, it will be uh, ready for you to listen to. So, as always, we want to welcome you all and uh, for joining us here on the West Coast Gospel Hour. And thank you so much for being a part of it and a part of our ministry. We do have a great announcement to announce. Um, this week on Friday Night Prophecy, uh, our my ministry partner and co-host, uh, Io, is actually going to be gone. Uh, he is doing a uh, winter camp with uh, the youth. I uh, remember he's involved in, in youth group uh, as uh, one of the leaders there at his church. And we wish him uh, a blessing and a safe return, of course, and that he won't freeze while he's up at winter camp. But we do also uh, want to announce that we're having a special guest. Derek Gilbert from Skywatch TV will be joining us uh, this Friday at a special hour, 9 p.m. Pacific time. So it's going to be on an hour early for Friday Night Prophecy. So set your alarms, let everybody know, and uh, don't hold back because it's going to be a good night, everyone. So that will be for this Friday. So set your clock, set your alarms. It's going to be an hour early Friday Night Prophecy this Friday with a guest co-host, Derek Gilbert from Skywatch TV. He's a, a, an incredible author. In fact, both he and his wife are incredible authors, uh, really good ones. And I've interviewed Derek Gilbert here on the West Coast Gospel Hour before. Um, and uh, so he will be joining us to go over the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. Well, um, let's begin, everyone. It's so good to have you here. We are finishing the two-part series on David and Goliath that we started last week on uh, Tuesday. We we are in chapter 17, and we are going to continue that tonight. And I'm just posting up for everyone there. We're going to pin this down. We are in 1 Samuel 17, 31 through 58. Let's pray. Dear God, we we thank you so much that we can come before you, that we can study your word, God, 
that, uh, Lord, we can fellowship with one another together here. You've made this opportunity happen. We pray, O oh God, that you would bless us as we open up your word and we study it, that we would grow uh, in stature and in knowledge, O oh Lord, and that we would become your disciples, O oh God, through obedience and submission, surrendering our will for your will, Father in heaven. We ask, God, that you would help us to grow in Christ, to truly become the disciple that you've called us to be. Lord, let us learn something from your word tonight. Bless those who are listening. Do not let your word return void, God. Keep your promises in the scripture. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I am so excited to be here. This is one of my favorite stories, David and Goliath. Um, and tonight, we are looking at it. Uh, I've entitled this, David versus the Seed of Satan. And uh, if you remember what's happening is that the children of Israel are literally in fear. They are afraid. This giant has been coming out and taunting them. And they've come to this place where they've believed the, the fear-mongering. And one of our theme verses for this year here on Fig Tree Watchers is coming from Timothy, uh, where it says, um, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We gain the sound mind through Scripture. We gain the power through the Holy Spirit to trust in God's word that we have read and believed in. And we get the love by the Holy Spirit. It is gifted us so that we may love God and love others with a great abundance that comes from the Father above through his Son, Jesus Christ. For we love God because he first loved us. And in that, Love conquers all fear. If you were with us last night, we talked about this, that love conquers all fear. Perfect love drives it away. And so the duty of a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ, is to love God and love others at all times. By this, we are known as disciples. Now, this sounds very New Testament. But David... A man after God's own heart understood this better than anyone. And we talked about how David confronted the people around him, even his brothers, and he was even mocked for it. And he couldn't understand why they were afraid. Remember, he, he said earlier to you, why do you let this uncircumcised Philistine speak this way to you, right? That he should defy the armies of the living God. He was shocked. And now we come to verse 31, and let's begin our reading. We're going to read through the whole segment, and we'll come back and then unpack it. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. Remember, Saul is king, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. 
You are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with the armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff and his hand in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had, and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you and take your head from you, and this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. And there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and took and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. 
Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley of the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Shaharim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistines and brought it to Jerusalem. But he put his armor in his tent. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. So the king said, inquire those whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Wow, it, this is an incredible read. I mean, you go through it and it, it has drama, it has action. Um, it's the ultimate uh, Super Bowl, you know, it's David versus Goliath. And it's not just a story, though. It is truth. You see, there's so many things in this account, this historical account of what took place between David and Goliath, that we can look at it and we can understand the truths that we have in it. Remember, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, the power of the Holy Spirit, love that God abounds in us to love him and love others, and sound mind in knowing that the scriptures are true because God is always faithful. This historical account demonstrates the faithfulness of God to those who believe his word. We're going to look at that. Remember that. To those who believe his word, God is always faithful. Always faithful. So let's unpack this, starting in verse 31 to 32. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Now, David was probably like 5'8". And we're talking about Goliath being about, you know, 13 feet tall. He was a tall man. So we understand that this is a serious, you know, battle between a short guy and a really, really tall guy. Um, to make that statement mildly. But here's the thing. David is telling Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David had no apprehension whatsoever. He knew what his call was, that God was calling on him for this moment in time and David was going to be obedient and faithful to that calling. David was going to, because he trusted God, he believed in God, because God had always been faithful to him in every circumstance. 
And so in the call that God was calling on him in his life, David was obedient. And therefore, at that moment, because of obedience and submission to God, David was predestined to do something great because God, in his sovereign will, was going to will it to happen. There are several verses that David probably knew of, but I'm going to give you one. David knew God's word. In fact, he wrote a psalm in which he said, I hide thy word in my heart that I might not sin against you. David probably was remembering Deuteronomy 21 through 4 as he was thinking about this moment. And let's take a look at that passage. God is speaking to the people of Israel and he says this, when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt is with you. When you are approaching the battle, the priest shall come near and speak to the people. He shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, you are approaching the battle against your enemies today. Do not be faint-hearted. Do not be afraid or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. That's interesting. Because these are some of the exact words that David says to Saul. He says it in a priest-like manner. A future king anointed by Samuel says this to Saul. Do not be faint-hearted. These are the very words, right? Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine because David knew that the Lord was with him. As we break this down even more in verse 33, and then says, and we're going to look through verse 37. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You are a youth and a man of war from his youth. And he a man of war from his youth. Already the naysayers are coming out. They're there to cast doubt on your salvation, cast doubt if God is true, cast doubt on the Bible, to cast doubt on the trustworthiness of the scripture, to cast doubt on whether or not God exists, to cast doubt if Jesus really died on the cross, to cast doubt if Jesus really rose from the dead. The naysayers are always out there to cast doubt. And King Saul was one of these casting doubt on this little man, David, who was about to face someone almost twice his height. He said, this man has been a man of war from his youth. You are just a youth. What do you think you can do? What do you think you can do? And Saul said to David these things. And David replied to Saul, your servant, I used to keep my father's sheep. And I had a, when the lion came and it, and a, or a bear came and they attacked my flock, I went after them and I rescued the lamb out of their mouth. 
And when it arose against me, I killed it. I grabbed the lion by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. And then he doubles down on that statement. He says, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God, he has no chance. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He's telling Saul, I have everything stacked with me. Everything's against him because I'm going out with the Lord because he has defied the armies of God. He has defied it. And I think that this is so important. You, you see, there comes a point where they're so trembling, the people of Israel, because they believe the lie of Satan. They believe this great lie that is coming about. And it's often because even Christians fall for the deception that is in the world. And I want to remind you, we are being deceived on a daily basis, moment by moment, by the world. But the world is going to pass away. The grass withers, the flower fades, but God's word stands eternal. It will never fade away. And David understood that. It is often, and, I, and I, I'm going to bring this up as, as an understanding. There are so much there's so much deception in the world today that it is so easily to get deceived. Several weeks ago, I heard a message. I'm always listening to sermons in my spare time. And I heard this story of David and Goliath. And it was interesting as the man was repeating it, he made the statement that David grabbed three stones out of the brook of water and he cast one of those stones representing the Godhead out there. And I thought it was interesting and it stuck in my brain. And I've actually repeated that statement and I can't remember where I did it in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if it was on a live, if I was talking to someone and I repeated it, right? It's stuck in my brain. I've read this story numerous times and I was going over it last week and I was horrified um, as I was up at my, uh, not last week, but this weekend. I was horrified this weekend when I was going over the story. He didn't grab three stones. He grabbed five stones, five stones, one for each for, Dave, for Goliath and his four brothers, he grabbed five stones. And here I had in my memory bank from several weeks ago that, that little message that I had heard with this guy speaking. And I went back to, to listen to it again to make sure that I like, hadn't lost my mind. And sure enough, that's what the guy said. And that deception entered into my mind. And for some reason, I forgot that it was five stones. And this is how we get so easily deceived in the world today. Satan puts a little cucumber out there to fool us. You know, we hear this and we hear that and we go, oh, that must be truth. And we start asking ourselves, how do we know what truth is? Well, the truth is God's word. We always need to go back to it. We always need to come to it. If I can get deceived over something that I've read hundreds of times, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, I knew it in and out that it was five stones. But for some reason, that message stuck in my head and my memory banks failed on me and I forgot. 
And I went, oh yeah, it's three stones. And I'm horrified. So I confess my forgetfulness to you so that you will know. Double check me. Go back to the word of God. Test what I say. Be a Berean. Make sure that what I'm saying is accurate. In the same way that I've been deceived, the people of Israel were deceived and they were in fear. And that's what deception does. It produces fear. Here's what David understood in this 33 through 37 section. Couple of things. Number one, Romans 8, 30 and 31. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Remember what I said earlier. Here's the understanding. And I'm not pr promoting Calvinism here because I want to explain it to you. To those he predestined, he also called. The calling came first. You see, he called them. He also justified those he justified. How? Because they were obedient to the calling of God. And he also glorified them. Why? Because they were predestined because of their obedience. Their obedience made them predestined to salvation because they obeyed the call. Oh, come on, Stefan. What are you talking about? All right, let me prove it to you. David was obedient to the call. He saw something wrong. He knew it was against God's laws. He knew that this giant was part of the seed of Satan, wicked before anything. He was defying the armies of God. And David alone stood up and said, no, I will not be faint-hearted. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine because he has defied the armies of the living God. He accepted the call of God. He was obedient and he believed God. And because he believed God, he was justified by God. And then he was glorified when he killed David, when David killed Goliath. So let me prove it to you in the scripture. James chapter 2, 23 through 26. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness right? He was reckoned as righteous. He was justified. That's what that means. And he was called the friend of God. Why? Because he believed God. David believed God and he was reckoned to him as righteousness. You see that a man is justified. Here's that word, same verse in Romans 8.30, justified by works and not by faith alone. You see, if you believe God, then you're going to act upon that belief because you know that God is faithful. You see, it's not saying that works can save you. That's not what James is arguing there. He's saying that, look, if you say you believe in God, great. Remember what he said earlier in chapter two? He said, the devil, the demons believe in God and they tremble. Congratulations. But Abraham believed God and because he believed God, he acted upon that belief. David also. And he was justified. 
In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. What good is it to say, I believe, but then don't act upon that belief? You need to act on that belief by living out a life that glorifies your belief in Jesus Christ. That is what David understood. And then he could say, if God be for me, who can be against me? And that's exactly what he tells Saul. So Saul says to David, go, the Lord be with you. Saul doesn't know what to do with this guy. He's like, okay. So then he tells David, listen, I, I need to clothe you, right? I need to put on this special armor on you, right? Um, let me put you on my armor. I'm going to give it to you. And David tries it on and it just doesn't fit. You know, it's not the right fit. And David says, I cannot walk in these for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Look, here is an important understanding. It's from Zechariah 4, 6. And I love this. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's what it is. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. God is going to will it, not by the might of man, nor by the power of man, but by the spirit of God himself. He will get it done. This is probably a, a very good understanding to, to, to um, add to this verse. And that would be 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare as believers, okay, are not human weapons, but are made powerful by God. For tearing down strongholds, we tear down arguments and every arrogant obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. We make it to obey Christ. You see, David understood that, that his struggle wasn't against flesh and blood, but against powers and rulers and authorities. Goliath was a Rahafim. He was from the seed of Satan. We went over this last, uh, last week when we went over the first part of this. And David understood that, that this giant was of the seed of Satan and was calling out the people of Israel and mocking their God and mocking them as well for believing in their God. But David understood the truth that there is one God, O Israel, and you shall worship the Lord your God alone and love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. So then David, he takes his staff in his hand and he chooses for himself five smooth stones, not three, five. One for Goliath and four others for Goliath's four brothers. And he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine comes out and David meets him 
And the first thing he says to him is, are you a dog? Am I a dog? He goes, am I a dog? You come to me with sticks? Are you going to play sticks? You know, throw the, the stick and I'm supposed to chase it? Right? He's mocking him. What? Do you see me? I'm 13 feet tall. I got a shield bearer that has to hold my shield because I'm so tall. He can be, I need a man to hold my shield. My staff is huge. Right? Remember the tip of his spear was like 16 pounds. Right? And, and he's, he's mocking David for coming him, coming at him with sticks and stones, you know? And the Philistine said, come to me and I will make, give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. This is going to be easy. This is going to be no problem for me. You puny little runt. And then David, he just doesn't back down. David's got the courage of the Lord on his side. David's not afraid. For God has given him a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. He's given him the truth of God's word, the faithfulness of God, because David has seen it. He's killed the bear and the lion and God was with him and they didn't even scratch him. And so that same God who has always been faithful to David at this very moment has empowered David in the knowledge that God is faithful and he will not let David down when he faces the seed of Satan. Do you have that courage? Do you have that courage? I love David's comment. You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and he's alive. I love that. I'm adding that part about and he is alive, right? God's not dead. He is alive, right? Like the song. God's not dead. He is alive, right? Okay. Then all this assembly will know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into your hands. That's right. God doesn't save with spears and swords. He saves with the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ. You know, and I, I love this. I love this whole thing because it is the epitome of what is going to happen to Satan in the last days. The Antichrist, right? He's going to be defeated. Satan will be defeated. This verse is so good for us because Goliath was mocking, mocking the people of Israel, mocking David for believing and trusting in God, mocking and saying, you don't have a chance against me. Look at me. Look how big I am. Look at how tall I am. Look how muscular I am. Look how my spear is. Look at my shield, right? You don't have a chance. Look at my armies of the Philistines. And David's telling him, hey, not only am I going to beat you, but every one of your Philistines is going to be a carcass for the birds, the armies that are surround you. I'm even going to defeat them today. The Lord is going to defeat them today, right? He is going to give you and them into my hands. And this is the verse. 
that should epitomize this in your mind as you read this story. It's from Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us grow, not grow weary, while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Don't be deceived, for God is not mocked. What a man sows in his heart, that he's going to reap, right? David knew this. David knew that he was sowing the seeds in the spirit to the Lord God. David knew that he was going to do good for all of Israel. And God was going to reward him for his faithfulness. But Goliath, he was going to reap what he sowed. He had mocked God. He had mocked the people of Israel. He defied the armies of God. And he was going to reap what he sowed. Because God was going to make it happen. For God was not mocked. So, verse 48. We come to this part. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried. I I love this. David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He didn't just run towards the Philistine. He ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He decided to engage them all at once. Then David put his hand into his bag as he's running, you can imagine this, and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. So you remember, he's running towards Goliath. He strikes him down. Goliath falls down the ground. David grabs the sword of Goliath and cuts off his head and stood over the Philistine. He won. God wasn't mocked. The battle was won. And David stood with stick and stone victorious and took the sword of his enemy and cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. This is so important. This reminds me of Isaiah 14, where when Satan is finally defeated, he's in the pit. And it says the whole world. In fact, it says those who are in the pit with Satan, like, you know, the the Philistines are with their champion. They will look in the pit and they will go, is this the man who shook the earth, who deceived us, right? He, He convinced us that he was the great one. And they will be in the pit of hell itself with Satan who shook the whole earth. Do not be deceived for God is not mocked. The time is coming when Satan and his seed will be defeated. You can rest assured that God is faithful. God is faithful. So let us not grow weary 
while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. David didn't lose heart. He said, he kept on telling him, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. We're going to win for God is with us. And who can stand against us? Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted. Now finally they have a little courage, right? Because the big bad Goliath has been defeated. And they pursue the Philistine as far as the entrance of the valley of the gates of Ekron. They go on a slaughter and they slay him down. And David's prophecy that they would be uh, the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines would go to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth was fulfilled. Now it says in verse 54 that David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. Now this is a, a, a foreshadowing. It's telling you of a future event because first he goes and he presents the head to King Saul. But afterwards, he takes the armor of Goliath, he puts it in his tent, and he takes the head to Jerusalem. Why? Because he's doing this to fulfill a prophecy in Genesis. It says about her seed will crush your seed, Satan. On the head, you will bruise her head, uh, you will bruise her, her, her heel, and she will crush your head, right? What happened when Jesus died on Golgotha, the place of the skull? He defeats the seed of Satan. He fulfills the prophecy in Genesis. David is setting that stage almost a little over 1,400 years um, before Jesus is crucified. I think, I think it's actually about 1,200 years. 1,200 years before Jesus is crucified. This is why we can trust God's word. Because God sets the stage for Jesus through David at that very moment. He's preparing the drama to keep on going, to demonstrate that he is God. And he is coming to not only save David, but to save all mankind through the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, Jesus Christ. David was also a Bethlehemite from Bethlehem. And that also fulfills a prophecy because Jesus comes from the line of David and he's born in Bethlehem. God's plan to bring victory to our lives will never be blocked by Satan. In fact, the victory has already been won. The question is, are you ready to believe God? And if you say you believe God, are you living out that belief with action? Is your faith in Jesus Christ lived out with the action of knowing God's faithfulness in your life? Or are you still hunkered down in fear and in doubt and in anxiety, not really trusting in God. Stand up. Don't be deceived, for God is not mocked. 
If you sow fear, you will reap fear. If you sow goodness and faithfulness, if you sow love towards God and others, if you sow gentleness, kindness, goodness, if you sow the fruits of the Spirit, you will reap the fruits of the Spirit. For God is faithful and he doesn't forget who you are. He knows you. He knows you. And he's calling you. And if you obey the call, you will be predestined because you have taken Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And Jesus will write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the Holy Spirit will seal you for redemption. Ephesians 4.30 Because you have obeyed the call and submitted to the will of God. And always remember this. The seed of Satan, it's, it's lost. It's defeated. The battle's already been won. Because Jesus was victorious on the cross and he rose from the dead. Therefore, you have eternal life. So don't lose heart. One of my favorite stories, and I pray that I did it justice tonight because it really is a reminder of the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. Um, We encourage you that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, We'd love to talk to you here at Fig Tree Watchers. You can email us. You can email me at uh, Stefan at Fig Tree Watchers. Um, Or you can message me here on Instagram uh, and I will get back to you. Uh, I try to respond to everyone who messages me um, as quickly as I can. I want you to know that. I'd love to talk to you about um, if you are interested in knowing Jesus as your personal Savior and putting your faith in Christ. I'd love to talk to you about it and pray with you. And uh, if you're interested in listening to this, you can find us on the podcast form at uh, Fig Tree Watchers on all the major podcast uh, platforms, uh, Apple, Google, um, Spotify, uh, and several others. So thank you for watching us tonight and listening to this a historical account of David versus Goliath and the victory that God brought. Good night, everyone, and God bless you.